Welcome to Adtention, a podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. My name is Ray Shillings. Conversations with the people in our industry who make advertising and marketing impactful and relevant. Our stories take you behind the scenes on a variety of advertising platforms where we explore current trends and topics. AAF District 10 promotes professional development and networking, recognizes advertising excellence, provides news and resources, helps develop future industry leaders, and promotes the value of ethical and transparent advertising. And you can find out more about D10 at aaf10.org. That's aaf10.org. In June, we had the chance to get together as a district, and many of you attended. Maybe you didn't uh, this event. The 10 questions with District 10 behind the scenes of the Telemundo boom. It was a fireside chat with Governor Crystal Gonzalez and panelists including Susan O, oh, Vice President, Strategy and Operations of Telemundo Station Group for Gray Television, and Jason Hall, Senior Director of Spanish Language Television for Gray Television. What you're going to hear over the next 30 minutes or so is about the growth of one of the fastest growing segments in our industry, the advertising industry. What you'll discover about Telemundo is there are many languages of Spanish marketing. It is multiculturally strong, very strong. From DEI to audience strength and growth, it's there and it's happening right now. Take a listen. Thank you all for joining us. Like I said just a second ago, we have great representation from all four of our states for this call today. Um, we have some great panelists for 10 Questions with District 10, and we'll introduce them in just a moment. To get started, I am Austin Sandy. I'm the District 10 Programs Chair for about one more week, and then I move into a new role with the district. Uh, Brittany Waters will be the new programs chair who is on the call with us from Northeast Arkansas. I am here in East Texas. I am in Tyler, Texas at KLTV7, which is an ABC and a Telemundo affiliate with Gray Television. So you'll get to meet some of my colleagues on the corporate level here in just a few moments. Uh, 10 questions with District 10. This is about the eighth one in the series that we've done, the fourth one this year. We do these quarterly, and throughout the year, you've heard from the Dean of Business from Idaho State University, the Director of User Experience at Hilton International, and we had a Better Business Bureau panel called BBB and AF, AAF equals BFFs. And so this, uh, with Telemundo and Gray Television, is our fourth and final in Crystal's term as president, and I think you're in for a treat. So our panelists today who are joining us, you see them on camera. We have Susan O, oh, who is the Vice President of Strategy and Operations for the Telemundo Station Group within Gray Television. We have Jason Hall, who is the Senior Director of Spanish Language Media for Gray Television. And we have Tito Berga, who is the Senior Direct, uh, Creative Sales Director for Gray's Telemundo Station Group. And hosting us today is Crystal Gonzalez, our AAF District 10 Governor. So I'll toss it over to Crystal and she'll take over from here. Thank you, Austin. Um, and thank you to everybody who joined today and taking the time out of your day. Obviously, this topic is very important and one you know that we wanted to kind of bring to you guys because truly at the core, audiences are the common thread of the AAF. Of course, the AAF encompasses all facets of advertising, but at the core, what are we doing it for? It's for the people and who are we marketing to? And so we have an outstanding group of people, um, panelists today. We're going to take you through kind of picking their brain a little bit. You know, what is the common thread, especially as we 
reach various audiences. And one that we want to hone in on today is a multicultural audience, which of course is a hot topic in what we do in our day-to-day. Do things intentionally and authentically. It's so important more than ever. And I think the biggest challenge for us all, this world is so fragmented. How do we do it right? And truly, there is no one size fits all. There is no one one particular answer. So this opportunity, I think, you know, is really going to um, just kind of open our eyes a little bit, especially you know, as we speak with the experts from Telemundo. So Susan, Tito, and Jason, thank you so much for joining us today. So excited to have y'all. Thank you. Um, so we thank wanted you. to jump right in, you know, just kind of maybe take a step back. So really, what is the history between Telemundo and Gray, or maybe just the history of Telemundo? Sure. Um, so I'll take that question. Um so for those of you who don't know Gray, Gray is the second largest broadcaster. We um, have um, phenomenal stations in 113 markets. Um, there are uh, 42 Telemundo markets within the, uh, that make up the Telemundo station group within Gray. Um, and that's new, actually. Um, just a year ago, uh, April a year ago, um, so April 2022, there were 12 Telemundo stations, and within a year, we've grown to 42. And so um, the history is that the Telemundo stations have been um, acquired um, through uh, Gray's um, acquisitions of station groups, just, you know, when they a- acquire um, Drury or um, Meredith or what, what as they're, they're starting to collect Telemundo stations. So when I joined Gray in April, um, of last year, there were 12, and then we've grown it to 42. Um, so that's kind of the history between Telemundo and Gray. There's, there's always been a, a relationship, but we are now the uh, largest um, affiliate group by far. Um, there's not, I would say, the second largest. I mean, we triple, you know, even the O&Os, I think that there's 13 markets or so. And so even the owned and operated Telemundo's, we surpassed that. So we are a very a strong partner with Telemundo Network. That's fantastic. Well, and two, I think, you know, that obviously is a testament to the evolving economy, right? Like if you guys grew to 42 in a year, that's just incredible. I mean, there's certainly a need for it. So have you noticed immediate impacts on those markets? You know, it's it's pretty interesting when, when Susan's talking about the expansion from, you know, 12 to 42, the impacts in the market is, in reality, we go into markets where the Hispanic population is growing. Uh, the Southeast United States, the Alabamas, the Georgias, the Tennessees, we already have Texas covered. Uh, and what we see is there's a need for Spanish language content there. There is a consumer base that's being underserved, and we come in there and we bring increased access to Spanish language programming. We try to educate, entertain, and inform the community we pr- try to promote cultural representation, community engagement. And the moment we come in, my phone in particular, because I run the sales organization, immediately starts ringing. Hey, we heard about Telemundo coming into the marketplace. When are you launching? When are you launching? We'll get calls weeks in advance or months in advance asking us, when, when am I, when am I going to see it? Am I going to be on my cable operator? Am I going to be on my direct TV or DISH or MVPDs? How do we get access to it? So. The demand is there, uh, and once we come into a market, the excitement really kind of builds up, and we do a we do a slow rollout. We initially start, you know, again with a, a simulcast. Then we go into local insertions, and then Susan and her team uh, really kind of dig into 
We're all about the community, all about news, starting to produce newscasts, local newscasts, very important in the marketplace. And then we start, uh, the next step is more into the community involvement and engagement into the marketplace. So it's it's great to see. Every time we go out there, we get phone calls from across the across the communities that we're launching in. Do you face any challenges once you get launched into them? Or <laughs> The Hispanic marketplace um, still has a lot of challenges. I, I've been in the business for 29 years and I'm still talking about it. You know, in a nutshell, on a English language television network, there's an, on average about 12 to 1300 accounts on, on the air. On Spanish language, it's between 600 and 700 accounts on the air. So the challenge is we are still fighting and we still have to go out there and sell the Hispanic marketplace. We are not English language where it's very transactional in nature. If you're in an ad agency or you're, you're or CBS or ABC or NBC, you're getting availed and you're getting you know, cost per points, cost per thousands. Well, in the Hispanic marketplace, you have to go out and you have to sell the value of the Hispanic marketplace before you even talk about you know, Telemundo or who you are. And then you start getting into the CPM and the cost per thousand. And then on top of that, there is an issue um, in many, many markets um, with Nielsen where the Hispanic marketplace is still significantly undersampled. Uh, Susan and I like to talk, talk about it. You know, sometimes they'll say Diaz is a, a Spanish dominant speaker. Well, guess what? That Diaz was Carmen Diaz. You can't go off the last names. Um, so it's something we're really working about and we're, we're continuously trying to, again, evolve, educate uh, not only the advertising community, but the clients and Nielsen on the, the how the Hispanic marketplace is evolving from span dom to bilingual to English dominant and the changes that are happening. Yeah, absolutely. Getting know, getting to know the con consumer on that one-to-one -one basis is so important. And I can attest to that last name. As you can see, my last name is Gonzalez. I was married into that last name, um, but by default, some we've gotten some mail in Spanish. And I'm like, we are a predominantly English-speaking home. My husband can speak Spanish. However, I do not. So I did not buy the product because I didn't know what it was. So definitely a case study there. <laughs> That's right. So... Um, you know, I think the biggest thing too, with authenticity and personalization, you know, uh, there was a recent um, Latinx study um, from Nielsen, 76% say that race and ethnicity are important to defining who they are. So I think that is at its core is a testament to, you know, parallel pathing that. And you guys obviously have, you know, you're in that market space, you know, those consumers. So kudos to you guys for providing that education opportunity. Because certainly there is a miss in the market, I would, you know, personally say, um, and always room for growth, you know, in terms of education there. But I guess with that, you know, is there anything with anything that you guys would like non-Spanish speakers to know about Telemundo? Well, you know, uh, Telemundo is the number one um, uh, network, uh, Spanish network in the United States. It's, uh, it's a network where you can find a lot of products, a lot of a great programming for example, um, long, long time ago, we, uh, Spanish network used to have a long format uh, soup operas, telenovelas. Now we have the format series format. That's that's great. That's a great improvement. We have uh, World Cup, uh, Women's World Cup, uh, FIFA World Cup. I mean, we have a great, great programming, and is is multicultural. It's not only for Latinos; it's for everybody. So, and uh, 
there is a really good uh, spot where we said um, we promote the uh, uh, women's uh, World Cup, and we said in Spanish it's much better than English. So <laughs> when you see when you hear these uh, uh, these guys um, narrating the 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 game, it's more exciting in Spanish than in English. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it, we 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 pretty much looking forward to uh, to be multicultural. Uh, being inclusive in, in all our sports and our programming. So Tenemon is a great place to be right now. So I would say um, things that I would love for people to know about Telemundo is uh, it's owned by NBC Universal. Um, and, and for years, years, it has been the network with the most growth potential. In fact, just from upfront, it's, you know, it was announced that Telemundo is the fastest growing network uh, regardless of language. Um, and also a fun fact is the Telemundo logo, it was just uh, redone several years ago. Um, it's like the T, you know, when you see the motion, there's two, it kind of overlaps and you'll see it in the gradient, you know, the colors. And it represents the bicultural um, Hispanic because Hispanics, um, you know, whether you're first generation, second generation, third generation, um, you may have one foot in the Hispanic uh, culture and then one foot in, you know, um, the culture that you're in right now. And, and maybe that's the American culture. So that it represents the bicultural um, Hispanic and Telemundo, the way that it differs from Univision is that we do go after the bilingual and the bicultural Hispanic. And that's what the fastest growing segment in, um, in the United States. Um, by 2060, I think uh, Hispanics are going to represent close to 40% of the United States. Um, and it's that's probably why it's the fastest growing network, but also the programming represents the bicultural uh, audience. Um, I don't know, Jason, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Yeah, for me, it's this isn't more, this is more education. And this is what I do every day. It's for non-Spanish speakers, I talk about the Hispanic marketplace, not just Telemundo. And some quick little facts. We can go to the Jeopardy edition here. There's 62 million Hispanics in the U.S. today. It's Right now, it is the majority minority population across the country. And one thing that a lot of people didn't know is 56% of the population growth, the census population growth, was due to Hispanic growth. So 56% of the total population growth was due to Hispanics. Hispanics buying power is $2.8 trillion. That's the fifth largest country. If the U.S. Hispanic population were a country, it'd be the fifth largest country in the world. Um, it'd be the second largest Spanish-speaking country in the world behind Mexico, believe it or not. Um, and for me, the Hispanic population, it's larger household size. And what does that mean to advertisers? Larger household size means they're spending more money. They're a younger audience. What does that mean to advertisers? Well, they're building their brand preferences. You're not talking to a 55-year-old who, who likes Chevys or likes Fords or buys Pepsi or buys Cokes. You're, you're, you're talking to somebody who's still building their brand preferences. And the final thing is they're building their wealth profile too as they go grow. So those are some of the most important facts for me um, when I'm out there discussing the Hispanic marketplace to a client or to an advertiser who's not very familiar with them. Give them the facts, <clears throat> show them kind of how important the Hispanic marketplace is, and then you bring them into Telemundo and say, we've got that your bicultural audience covered. We've got the World Cup. We're reality. We're game show based. 
Absolutely. No, it's definitely helpful to understand that, especially that census growth, because at that point, you know, if you think about the population shifting, your marketing dollars should be shifting, right? So to kind of combat that. Um, Susan, one question back to, um, you know, you mentioned the bicultural, um, specifically on English on a Spanish language station, excuse me, English spots on a Spanish language station. What are your thoughts? Um, I would say it depends. Um, and Jason will, uh, I think he'll agree with me. I think he typically, it, it's a case by case basis. If it's primarily music, there's a music bed and there's less voiceover, mm -hmm. that probably is acceptable. Um, if, if a client came and said, um, we just want to run our English language spot on Spanish TV, we would take a look at it. And these are the things we're looking for. Does it, does it, is it inviting? Um, a lot of times you really look at it at, from the perspective of, um, you know, does it, does it have somebody that looks like me? Are they welcoming me? Are they, you know, if, if it's not inviting, then it's almost like, man, they didn't even take the time to speak to me in my language or represent me. They didn't really think about it. They think that it's a one size fits all. And, and, you know, that's, do you want that tied to your brand? That's a decision a client has to make. And every AE, I don't care what language you're working in, you're a consultant to your client and you do need to express to them to say, hey, we're happy to come back out and film your champion Spanish speaking sales rep that can invite, you know, like if it's a car dealer, let's get Jose on and, and have him invite the community down for, you know, whatever, whatever it may be. Um, and so it, I think the answer is it depends best practices are you do want to speak to, you know, it's a Spanish language station, so you do want it in Spanish. Can it be bilingual? Sure. Uh, can it be mostly music and graphics? Sure. Um, but you do need to put on the lens of, is this inviting? If I, if I were to watch this, would this be inviting? And so um, if there's not a clear cut yes or no. I don't know, Jason, you want to jump in? Yeah, I'd go back to Crystal, you brought up authenticity and that's what it really boils down to. It's, when you advertise in Spanish on Spanish language television, your results grow, your brand memorability, your message comprehension all goes through the roof. Mm -hmm. So, and there's been tons of studies. You can look it up on Google and you can check it all out. It's all there. When advertising in Spanish language on a Spanish language television network, you are going to get better results. Now, with that said, there is the very few, we always try to put a break on it where they don't want to do it in Spanish because they're trying to reach the English dominant Hispanic. And then we go right back to what Susan is saying is if the ad is a 30 second or 50 second ad, it has got somebody like me talking in English, inviting Hispanics in, that's probably not going to work. But if you have a Hispanic talking English and inviting the Hispanic marketplace into their establishment, it's, there's a difference between inviting and telling. The Hispanic population loves to be invited. Invite me into your car dealership. Invite me into your supermarket. Invite me to go use your services and why. So that's something that we really kind of put down. But again, is there hard and fast rules? There's facts that back up. Running in Spanish is definitely better. Uh, but have we accepted ads in English before on a case-by-case -case basis is what I would boil down to. 
Yeah, and I think there's a couple of key themes there that um, Jason and Susan, you both hit on, really kind of getting back to that basics. I know right now the economy is challenging with the um, inflation and just people kind of being smart and where they spend their dollars to that point, invite them, kind of flip it upside down, put the audience first before the brand of like hitting them in the face of here's my logo, here's my product, go buy it. It's like, nope, we've got to flip that upside down, go back to the basics of who is that consumer invite them in. So I think that's a great. Crystal, you bring up a great point um, about the recession and the Hispanic audience. Um, And I love that you brought that up because um, in fact, Jason just did like a seminar on how to recession proof your business by um, including the Hispanic audience. Um, And I just want to share just a couple of points. One, many um, stations don't include Hispanic um, advertising or or agencies or buyers. They don't include Hispanic uh, in their media mix or in their campaigns. So it's an unduplicated audience. This is a new audience that you're going after. Uh, number two, um, Hispanics are typically, they don't, um, a recession is not going to affect their buying habits. Um, as much as non-Hispanics. And why do I say that? Um, me, personally, um, coming from an immigrant background, I was born here in the U.S., but my family uh, were immigrants from South Korea. There's a lot of parallel, um, you know, things that that I picked up, you know, innately just growing up as an immigrant family. Um, it's do or die. I mean, it's survival. I mean, you know, when you come into a new country, uh, you you survive. And a recession is not going to deter them from spending money on necessities or, you know, uh, their livelihood. It, it's just, you know, do they get another, do, do Hispanics get another job? Maybe they um, move to a different place, but grocery shopping, car shopping, you know, entertainment, like, it doesn't, it shouldn't phase the Hispanic marketplace like, like, you know, uh, other habits in non-Hispanic audiences. I don't know, Jason, if you want to add, no, add or to you. I think you really nailed it. It's, it's really that the research basically states that the Hispanic population is extremely resilient and they're recession proof. What's a recession? If I can't afford it, I'm not going to buy it. Or if I want it, I'm going to go get a second job and I'm going to go buy it no matter what. You know, family first in the Hispanic marketplace. And that's one of the things we teach all of our clients is, you know, when you're at, when you advertise into the Hispanic marketplace, just be ready because it's not going to be one single individual coming to your establishment. You know, your auto dealer, be ready for three or four people. It's going to be a family decision on what automobile they buy. Um, So the resilience of the Hispanic marketplace, their determination, their drive really kind of makes them, I need this, I'm going to save and I'm going to buy it. And because it's for my family, if it's something that's a luxury item, you know, that's not family related, they might downgrade it a little bit. Instead of going to an exorbitant vacation, they may go to a more local vacation. But again, the mentality of the Hispanic marketplace is family first, always about the family. And I want to do whatever's best for the family. And that's why I think when we talk about the resilience, it's no, my, yeah. I want my kids to go to a great school. And if it costs me a little extra to do that, I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. It's just another challenge. I mean, live being um, new to uh, 
the United States or even second, third generation, they face different challenges, right? I mean, sometimes there's a learning curve. Where it's just another fork on the road. It's just another challenge. It's like, oh, recession? What's that? We're good. I mean, we're going to make it happen. Do or die. We're here. We're, we're going to make it happen. And that's um, very much the mentality. So um, thanks for bringing that up. Absolutely. So shifting a little bit, so one of the pillars at the AAF, we really focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, a lot of our local clubs across the Southwest have a dedicated lead on this and all the efforts that we do, we encourage that to be, you know, threaded through in all of our efforts. But curious from your lens, you know, what is the television world doing to promote DEI efforts? Sure. Um, so at Gray, um, our strategy is um, diversity and recruitment, um, and also diversity diversity in um, training and awareness. We do try to hire from within and um, build up emerging leaders. Um, we also have partnerships with organizations um, to provide, um, you know, opportunities to. Um, like, for example, the Nas National Association of Black Journalists and Hispanic Journalists. We also have paid internship programs um, for minorities that need access to experiences, right? More experience, more work experience. Um, we also have training programs. Um, it, it was launched in spring of 2022, and a gray media training center was established in Jackson, Mississippi, um, and that training center teaches students best practices in broadcast and digital journalism and that it's creating opportunities for students in historically black colleges and universities. So um, we could probably do, be doing more, but this is our, um, you know, I think everybody's on this. What else can we do? And we're open to seeing what else that is. I will say for Spanish language, um, you know, expanding and providing news and information and access. I have always been a big believer that information empowers um, everyday families to make, or I'm sorry, families to make everyday decisions, more informed decisions to elevate their lifestyle or livelihood or, or making the right decisions. Um, and so, you know, maybe that's not part of this, but I do feel like there's a, there's a link to that as well. And um, providing opportunities through, Telemundo internships and Telemundo um, programming and, you know, just awareness. Absolutely. Tito or Jason, any thoughts from y'all? Uh, my end, I think Susan Grad got it, nailed it right on the wall on that one. Well, we would love to get y'all yeah. incorporated more with the AAF. Tito, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. No, no, the same thing. I agree with Susan. She, she nailed it, yeah. Awesome. I mean, certainly I'm with you, Susan. There always is room for opportunity, but again, the economy is always shifting. The consumer's changing. So we just have to evolve with it. And we all are you know, learning and growing constantly. And I think, you know, that's the thread for this industry in general. Um, but yeah, like I said, we would love to get y'all involved with the AF, especially across the Southwest where District 10 is and maybe even nationally, there's opportunities for sure. Great. So. Um, so we have a couple minutes left. You know, I really just want to hear from you guys. You know, what legacy do you personally hope to leave Telemundo and Gray? Not that you're leaving tomorrow, but we all know we're not in jobs forever. However, you guys are in the hot seats of making an impact with this community. So what are your thoughts? Sure, I'll start. Um, for I'll talk about the audience perspective, but then also internally within Gray. 
Um, from an audience perspective, it is that, you know, for me, there's nothing more rewarding uh, than launching um, news uh, in markets that don't have any Spanish language news. Um, and you're seeing that in Alabama and Southern Georgia in Tennessee. They it boggles my mind to this day. Where where are we getting our information? Yeah, the internet, but is it credible? I mean, you know, the the amount of folks that get their news from social media, um, it's just, I think we, we all see the effects of that. But to be able to provide that, you know, quality, credible news and information to communities as, that have never had it before, um, to me, that's just so rewarding. And it happens, you know, quite frequently. And when we hear that, that it, 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 uh, it makes my work worthwhile. Uh, within Gray, I would say the legacy that I would like to leave is very much, um, you know, if someone that looks like me, Asian American female can sell Hispanic media, there's nothing standing in the way of anyone to sell Hispanic media. I think so many times uh, people get in their own way because they put themselves in a box like, well, I am a certain way, so I should only, you know, kind of stay in this lane and I, you know, but I believe that with perspective, open-mindedness and willingness to um, learn and accept and embrace different cultures, there's nothing stopping anybody from selling, um, you know, the fastest growing segment. You know, it, it is, it's um, being able to do the right thing, A, for your clients, right? Because you need to be knowledgeable um, to be able to say, hey, I know what's going to make your business a success, but step out of your comfort zone and just have an open mind. Running a Telemundo station is no different than any other television station. In fact, a lot of the head leaders that run Telemundo are not Hispanic. But what what is different that they just have an awareness or, you know, an open open mind to want to learn more about it and apply their existing experience. Um, and, you know, and then they gain more knowledge and they're like, we got this. We can do this. This is a perfect formula. Um, so I do go around to stations and say that quite a bit. I'm like, I don't know what your excuse is, because if I can do it and I can make a success of it at, you know, Telemundo Atlanta for 13 years and garner over 70 Emmys, like, I think you can do it too. And, you know, it really opens their mind to that. So that's the legacy that I would like to leave is that you can, if you have the determination to do it, you can do it. Absolutely. Mic drop on that. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, Tito, yeah. what you got? Well, from the uh, creative side, I would I would say the uh, create a relevant and meaningful campaign for our clients, help our community to grow, um, you know, um, educate them. So I think this 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 is the most important um, thing that we we always keep in mind. You know, our community is so uh, so big, and uh, understanding our target is very important because uh, you know you have to understand the culture. Um, gotta, we got to be uh, inclusive, you know, so helping our community and create meaningful campaign for our clients is, is the most important things for us right now. Yeah. yeah and on my, my end for this uh, more of a sales legacy, it's I listen again, 
I'm a non-Hispanic and I've been in the Hispanic marketplace for 29 years. I, I want to leave a legacy of, you know, being the his, non-Hispanic Hispanic ambassador. I want to be known for helping clients better understand and tap into the Hispanic marketplace is really what it's all about. Um, I think Susan really hit it really well. It's when people see me, they immediately think, what are you doing? You know, I do not speak Spanish. I have never spoken Spanish yet. I've been doing it and I've been very, very successful in the Hispanic marketplace for many years. So to me, it's nothing makes me happier than to hear, get a phone call or an email from a client saying, oh my God, Jason, we just launched a campaign. We're getting phone calls. We're doing so well. That makes me, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Nothing makes me happier when I walk into a market and I do a sales Hispanic 101 presentation and somebody comes up and just says, I want to shake your hand because you made me feel proud. I, you know, and I get that quite often. I'll have a Hispanic people who come up to me and say, I always feel like I'm an underserved community and hearing you speak and hearing what Telemundo is doing really makes me feel proud. So being a true Hispanic ambassador is really kind of the, what I want to leave. That's all fantastic. You know, I think, you know, the biggest takeaway here is that, you know, as marketers, we have an opportunity to change the message in the in the marketplace. And, you know, I heard three key three themes that we talked through today. Booming growth among the Hispanic community. Media budget should reflect that. Two, creative and messaging. Know the consumer and their culture to make them feel welcome and invite them. And three, you may only get one opportunity to advertise your brand, so don't don't mess up that opportunity. So thank you to Susan, Jason, and Tito. Y'all are fantastic and incredibly insightful. Um, I know we have so all of our attendees. Thank you for joining us. And I'm excited to see you know, how this conversation continues in our local markets across D10. But huge thank you to everybody. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us. Have a good thank one. Thank you. I think I learned a few things today, and I hope you did as well. Uh, our industry is so vibrant and constantly changing, constantly growing. And uh, this was a great example of uh, what it's all about, isn't it? Well, you've been listening to a, another podcast from the American Advertising Federation District 10. Find out more at aaf10.org. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Do that, and you will never miss a new podcast. Your rating on iTunes will also help us grow. And don't be afraid to share what you've heard today on social media. It's that good. Until next time, thanks for listening. This is Attention, Copyright 2023. I'm Ray Shellens.